0: Hello and welcome to Ask a Physical Therapist. You're joining us on Katie and K. My name is Dr. Tannis Kitchener. Today our discussion is going to be about the intersection of health and wealth and finding the balance between the two. I am very excited to welcome my friend Ron Speaker to the show. And patient. And patient. <laughs> Ron's a good friend and a patient of mine, and for a few years At this point, we've had some great conversations in the clinic and outside of the clinic, and I'm so happy to welcome him here and share some of his wisdom with you.
1: Thank you, Tanis. It's great to be here.
0: So Ron had a 37-year career in wealth management, and lucky for him, he's decided that it's time to start a bit of a new chapter. So he's on a different venture, and I'm excited to talk about some of that. But right now he's focusing more on the finance camp, which is a new offering in Carbondale. Has it been one full season that you've done the finance camp? It's
1: been one one year since we started it and we had the first camp in June twenty three. We'll have the second camp in June twenty four.
0: June of twenty four. Very June good. 10th. So this is a finance camp that's focused on helping teenagers develop an awareness and appreciation and some skill level revolving around financial investment. Is that
1: It's financial literacy with the goal of getting teens in the game of investing at an early age so they can enjoy 50 years of compounding.
0: Very good. And maybe we'll have a little bit more to say about that on this show. Um, Ron also is involved in the Aspen Women's Wealth Organization, and you can find more about that on his website, thefc.me. But today our main message is a discussion regarding the intersection of health and wealth, this being a health and wellness show, of course. And it turns out that they are certainly not exclusive, but can be looked at separately, and it's very interesting to talk to Ron about his perspective on it. So we look forward to sharing with you. And is your health potentially more valuable than your wealth, or your money, your financial wealth?
1: I think it's an interesting question for us all to ponder, because without health, No amount of money is going to help you. Um, At different stages of our life, different seasons of our life, we start thinking about the world in a different way. And so when you're young, you should be active and earning and saving and enjoying. And then just like when I came to see you for my aches and pains, um, I was in search of relief, longevity, mobility. And so I think I'm 59 years old and to start really evaluating the balance between health, wealth, and time. And maybe toss out there that death is one of life's greatest advisors. And Mm so sadly we've all lost friends too early and hopefully each of those experiences has taught us to appreciate our own lives and their own time that we have left. And so as a former wealth manager, that's very concerned about my health so that I can just maximize and optimize my enjoyment and my friends Mm -hmm. to really encourage them. Mm -hmm. I actually received a message last night from a dear friend that's my similar age that I introduced to a doctor that's helping him with some longevity and other health issues. And to hear him say, thank you, I feel better.
0: It was great. What a great feeling. What a great way that (laughs) you can contribute to your friends and family. If you're the forerunner in that, that you can share it. And so... Again, I just appreciate you coming on the show because this show is dedicated to health and wellness, and that includes physical health, mental health, relationship health, and financial health. And although we have to look at our priorities and how much do we prioritize financial um, health or wealth over physical health, there is an intersection. And I think we all recognize that it does take some financial means to have the ability to take some time off work to go on vacation to seek extra providers like myself who's out of pocket um, to even take time off of work to go to somebody who might be in network to afford health insurance. But at some point there becomes kind of an intersection on the graph of health and finances where you get diminishing returns for the extra money and yeah. you have such limited um Supply of time and how do you spend it?
1: Yeah. We're each all given the same amount of time to start with and how well we utilize it, both in our careers of earning and saving. And then think of when do we start exercising? When do we start, you know, taking, acknowledging that we need to do something about our health, fit, fitness, and nutrition? And so I have many friends, one dear friend in particular, that, uh, has done very well in his wealth building at the expense of his health. And he's having a hard time at close to 50, turning the health around. Mm -hmm. So what's the use being the richest guy in the cemetery? Mm -hmm. So we have to really think of, you know, I can talk in terms of investing from a financial standpoint, but what I've come to realize is that's just as important in our physical and mental health. So I've used coaches all my life. And some of the best money I've ever spent is hiring good coaches. And sometimes that coach could be a friend. Mm-hmm. And so do we invest in relationships and exercise as well as your, your 401k? Mm-hmm. So for people starting out, you know, it's certainly important to have a, a goal and a game plan. Yeah. And to try and start either start saving in the IRA or the Roth IRAs preferred. Yeah. And let time be your friend. Mm -hmm. So in the investing world, time is your friend. In the living world, time works against you. So in a sense, imagine these intersections we're at. And since I'm 59, I'm just caught dead smack in the middle Mm -hmm. of I've had enough time to work and earn and save. And now I'm being forced to acknowledge that I have declining health and mobility. And so I'm investing as much as I can to just prolong so that I can maximize my life's enjoyment slash fulfillment.
0: And you and I were speaking about um, what you called the new golden zone. Can you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So let's try and combined effort here intersect. Call it seasons of our life. So let's say 20s to 40s when you're, let's say, hopefully exiting higher education and beginning an earning career that you're beginning your savings plan and family building. And so your wealth is increasing, especially if you're doing a good job saving, whether IRA or traditional accounts. But your health has already started to decline. But So there's a point when you might say, when could I run a marathon? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's 20s to you know, many people have done it much later. Yeah. But the typical time is in this zone of, say 20 to 40s for an activity like that. But when you're when you have enough money to start taking advantage of different life experiences, let's say, such as travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's in this 40 to 65. And since the common retirement golden years is 65 plus, Mm -hmm. imagine that there's not as many things you can do physically in your life in your golden years. So I'm going to re term it and say your golden years are actually the 45 to 65.
0: Where you have you that be, nice intersection yeah. of you've developed and accrued, hopefully a little bit of financial wealth um, to make it a more comfortable zone to be able to take assets toward and put them towards those experiences. And you're still feeling well physically, yeah. ideally. You
1: take a cruise <laughs> when you're <laughs> older because you're not moving around and you take a hike, you know, you hike the mm-hmm. Appalachian Trail, maybe in your 40s right. or 50s. So if we just... I think of my life in terms of buckets and time, and I'm in the second zone, but I'm very aware of the, call it 65 plus. So I want to maximize my life experiences in this middle zone, which I'm calling my golden years. Our golden years are now. We're awake. We're alive. Right now, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what age it is. (laughs) What age you are right now is your golden age. I was going to say, aren't you aware that 60s is the new 40s? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and 9,
1: 9 p.m is the new midnight <laughs> 9
0: p.m is the new midnight yes yes, that's true <laughs> for every age yeah. I think most people are starting well that brings us to sleep quality, right I think yeah. most people are starting to recognize the value of sleep and that it's so much more than what we've accredited for in the past you know so much more is going on in our body in our mind um, during sleep. Do you have any words of wisdom regarding? what you've found about sleep, how it might be affected by what else is going on in our life and how we can dial it in a bit.
1: Well, since I came to see you when I was in a sleep deficit mode, I have a lot of compassion for people who struggle with sleep. And um, I had lost my sleep for the first time despite being in the financial markets for 38 years and going through many crashes and crises and wars and defaults and GFCs and all of this. Um, and I just had too much anxiety. And so when I lost my sleep and I tried taking some pills, went to see the doctors and still didn't work. I just realized how it was affecting my life and my family. And so, um, I created a good sleep habitat. Mm -hmm. I slept in the guest room for a bit, yeah, where I could control the environment, including the temperature and the time. Um, but what my real savior was, was cold plunging. Mm -hmm. And so I, it's amazing it just and maybe it takes something just radical to, to change it but I just figured I'll try something unique but uh, that reaction in the body yeah and more maybe the mental strength it took to get in the cold water 530 every morning for 100 days in a row
0: 100 days in a row 100
1: days in a row I did yeah, yeah I was first keep, thing in the morning. keeping track of it and <laughs> gets you, easier.
0: I mean you were persistent. you tried so many different things because you recognized the impact the negative impact that it was having. Yeah. And so you really went through the path of trying things, and now you appreciate how desperate that can feel when, you, when you're trying these things and it's not working and it's affecting your sleep. But you also made some other like lifestyle changes at that point, right, based on, yeah, okay, this isn't working, These this level of anxiety, the way it's affecting my sleep, this isn't working, so what else do I want at this point? Yeah.
1: You know, that come saying of, like, don't ever waste a good crisis. <laughs> <laughs> So my midlife crisis allowed me to, I don't use the term retire, but I say rewire and sort of reprioritize. So, you know, having been in the same industry for 38 years, it was, it was good to change. And actually, going back to one of the things I said earlier is, you know, I lost a dear mentor. And when uh, I lost one of my earliest mentors and became in charge of his estate, it was just another compounding factor to help me recognize, you know, what do we – What's next? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of good questions that it, if we're on autopilot, we may not have the time to think about, but we want our lives to have purpose. We want our lives to have connection. If you, if you study longevity, mm-hmm. you know, people who are in relationships with their community and with friends and family tend to live longer than those that are alone. So if someone who's lonely and overworking, mm-hmm. you know, that can contribute to poor health. So our, our, worlds intersect all the time. Yeah. Yeah. you, You see people who come with problems and you probably see some people who come for maintenance and we should all do more maintenance on our mental health, on our physical health and our financial health, not being scared to have the conversation.
0: So I think as a, as a wealth manager, you've probably talked a lot about compounding interest in regards to money. And I know we've talked about the finance camp for teens And maybe we'll get into that, but starting as young as possible, that compounding interest helps really increase the assets at the end of the day, right? And so we've talked a bit about how we can apply compounding interest to health as well. The earlier you start, and maybe today's the day, maybe tomorrow's the day, but the sooner you start, hopefully it was yesterday, the more benefit you get looking back. I mean, we're talking about more longevity these days. We've got a lot more doctors in the space. It's a lot more out in the media, and the message is that heart disease doesn't start once you get the diagnosis. It likely started five years before, ten years before, likely before they would have even seen any plaque on your arteries. Um, It's a cellular process that starts way ahead of time. So if we can start living a life with less toxin exposure, a life with more exercise, a life with better nutrition, a life with less stress, and a life with more meaningful connections earlier on... Than that interest compounds,
1: well, your life compounds, right? We we were talking about it earlier, but imagine if together we designed a new form of balance sheet, yeah, <laughs> you know, a, a, a financial balance sheet is your assets and liabilities subtracted to create your net worth. Imagine if we did one that's far more encompassing, of your physical capabilities, your relationships, your experiences, your knowledge, your education, you know. There's, there's people that are far richer than they realize because they're only looking at their wealth through one lens. And I, I told you the story of a friend of mine. Yeah, they wrote a book on wealth, wealth, and he said, well, Ron, look at my family. He goes, my family greatly improved when he married his beautiful wife, who he said brought in higher <laughs> DNA than he had, and he married into a family of artists and musicians. And it's now his family wealth Could be measured on their capabilities, not just their balance sheet, not their financial balance sheet. Mm -hmm. So I love what you're saying there. Is that, you know, in this community we have a lot of people who have yoga practices. Yeah. And I saw a friend yesterday, seventy-five-year-old gentleman that's got a significant yoga practice, and it becomes a habit. So you know what an investment he's making in his longevity and physical health Mm -hmm. through his exercise, Mm -hmm. just as maybe more powerful than someone who's putting $1,000 a month in their IRA.
0: Right
1: Now imagine if you can find a combination, a balance of taking care of your finances and not ignoring your physical health.
0: Do you have a standard? This is probably not a fair question. If it's not, you can tell me. (laughs) Do you have a standard recommendation on somebody? I think we've talked about this where I've said, you know, I I look at this a lot because um, my parents both passed away quite young. And, but internally I tend to be a saver and try to look at the long game. I don't know how, but I'm, I'm so wired at, um, long game at, um, delayed satisfaction. You know, they do a lot of research where most people you say you can have this half cupcake right now, or you can wait an hour and you can have the full cupcake in an hour. I can wait the hour every single time which is rare. Yeah. But I have to I have to balance that with also living in the now and using what I can now because tomorrow's not guaranteed for any of us. Nope. And our wellness tomorrow, even if we're still here, the things that we can still that we can still enjoy is not guaranteed. And so I often face this very clearly in finances and like how much do I save for a future retirement that's not guaranteed, but I'm I'm hopeful for. And how much do I spend in experiences and using time right now? Now, is there like a standard? We used to have the old, like, don't spend more than 30% of your income on housing, right? Um, which is now under a lot of attack, but, but that it's a formula. Do you have something that you recommend to people as far as percentages of play with now, use for current expenses, and save for future
1: no, there's no standard. Yeah. It's a tough question. Yeah. You might recommend to your listeners to read Bill Perkins' book called Die With Zero.
0: Yeah, okay. Where
1: he, he goes through this at depth. Um, and I would just say you start saving early and often. Mm-hmm. And then along the way, you're going to find some opportunities for experiences that you would regret. So one of the way, if you didn't take. Got it. One of the ways I started making decisions is – if I didn't do this, would I regret it? And so I don't want to regret certain things. Yeah. But you have to make smart decisions about not overspending. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's there's no right. There's no one answer, and everyone's situation is different.
0: Yeah. I think being clear on what actually brings you joy and peace. So many people seem to spend to try to gain joy and peace, and it's not. They're not spending on something that actually is bringing that to them. It's just the latest thing on Amazon that they happen to see or that feeds through their Instagram feed and they get it and it doesn't actually improve their life. Um, Whereas if you spend money on experiences or something that allows you to take a different experience, then maybe that part of the, it fits into the equation differently. Five dollars spent there is different than five dollars spent on the latest gadget that you use twice.
1: Right. Well, in Bill Perkins' book, he talks about a memory dividend. Okay. And so imagine that great experiences can create a memory dividend. They get to utilize the rest of your life, right? Yeah. So, you know, a, a nicer car or, you know, something material that doesn't contribute to your joy and your heart and your connection with other people probably has a much lower memory dividend. Yeah.
0: Not only memories, but perspective, long-term perspective and Helping to form who you are. I mean, how often do you have these experiences? And it helps to unlock something inside of you, whether it's wisdom or a new way of listening to other people or a new way of seeing people around you at the other parts of your life. Um, I've had that experience with travel in particular, but also taking time. I have that experience with work, honestly, with what I do, but I also have it taking time outside of work to be with friends and family and see them in a different light than the rushed light of you know, we just have this one weekend day or whatnot.
1: Well, if it it gets you back to gratitude, Mm -hmm. you know, we live in a beautiful valley and we can fail to appreciate it. So if we travel and we see other life circumstances, other populations, other nationalities and their struggles, and then we get to come back to this beautiful valley, you know, we certainly can be appreciative of it. But if you don't leave... You know, this autopilot's the danger, right, is that we just keep doing the same thing with the same outcomes, falling in the same holes, the same trap. So investing in experiences and, let's say, educational experiences when you leave your comforts of your own zone, yeah, those can really be eye-openers. And along the way, you get to meet some wonderful people if mm-hmm. you're outgoing, mm-hmm. you know. That's the beauty of travel. You almost can't invest enough in travel.
0: And this valley is also particularly unique in the amount of wealth that's here. And so some of our listeners who are local might appreciate the fact that they're constantly seeing somebody who is financially better off than they are because it's so extreme here. And we have a lot of folks with a significant amount of financial wealth. And then everybody who supports their lifestyle, whether it's housekeeping or the barista, or the person working at the salon, or myself, or the landscaper, and we can have such a difference. And I think it's easy for people who are constantly seeing folks who are better off than them financially to feel like they're missing, but they might actually have a much r- richer life in the other areas.
1: If you've ever seen that family skiing in jeans and eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches out of the lunchbox with big smiles on their face, they might be having more fun than someone Bitching about, you know, how cold it is and the bad, the bad hamburger at the right. restaurant. So, <laughs> yeah. So what you, you know, you're picking up is on perspective and yeah. comparison, both, you know, financial wealth. You can imagine the comparisons that go along. It's like never enough. You could be incredibly wealthy. But if you see someone with an airplane, you can get jealous, like, oh, I'm not that wealthy. So it really takes discipline to say enough And so that's why these very things that we're talking about is imagine if you could say, hey, I'm doing okay. All right, I'm doing better, but I'm happy. And if I worked harder and sacrificed time and time with family and friends to earn more money, am I really getting a a greater return on that? Mm -hmm. And so I just would encourage everybody as we live in this you know, valley of tourism where people roll in flashing a pretty big game mm. because it's their trip, right? It's their week. It's their two weeks in Aspen. Many of them are quite capable, but a lot of people save to be here, and they roll pretty big. Mm. So it's not reality. It's in a, it's Vegas on snow. So, yeah, the wonderful people of this valley that work so hard to provide a, you know, high-end luxury experience for those that come to Aspen and expect that – you know, we have to assemble our lives in a certain way to say, you know what, we get to look at that mountain, the mountains for free mm-hmm. and we get to hike them. So the in fulfillment, enjoyment that we can have is not necessarily related to how much we're worth. Mm-hmm. And so if we can co- find the concept of enough, that you have enough, obviously you work f- for enough to take care of your basic needs, but there is a declining reward <laughs> Of, as you go up the, the wealth scales, and in my experience, I've seen many people that have, you know, a lot of assets and multiple homes, and they are burdened by wealth. Mm. My wife and I were even talking last night about Taylor Swift, and like, you know what? While we love what she's doing, it's got that's got to be a hard life. She can't go out to the restaurant that we just went to and have privacy. Right. So we all are exchanging something for. A lot, mm-hmm. you know, for wealth. Be careful. Someone told me a long time ago, be careful what you buy, Ron. Uh, it may be what someone's selling you and not what you really wanted. Mm. Right? Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, this this valley is full of temptation and comparison. Almost in, in the era of social media, we... It's like teens, we're living in
0: Instagram in a way.
1: <laughs> teens see too much.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. If you're just joining us, or if you joined us late, uh, this is Dr. Tannis Kitchener with Katie and Kay, speaking with Ron Speaker, who's had quite a career as a wealth manager. And I love your quote on your website that says, the purpose of life is to discover your gift. The work of life is to develop it. The meaning of life is to give your gift away. And that's David, is it Viscott? Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Um so what we're talking about today is really looking at the intersection of health and wealth and trying to make sure that you've got the balance between the two that gives you the best dividends at the end of the day when you're looking back on life and while you're living life that you're getting the greatest um, bang for your buck and that you're you're living in it well. Um, we have like another minute.
1: Let's just say everybody might take inventory.
0: Yeah.
1: And find in search of balance of how can you um, feel you're on top of your finances. So that's about budgeting. Okay. Utilize a program to know where you're at. And I have the saying that the third week of every month matters because if you're over budget, you have a chance to self correct on the fourth week. You don't go out to dinner, you don't go buy the new item. So imagine setting goals financially of how much you want to save, invest wisely, diversify have exposure to the markets. The markets have provided such wealth creation over a long periods of time. You need to be involved in the markets. But don't overinvest in wealth at the expense of your health. So there are wonderfully fit people in this valley mm-hmm. who love to be outside and exercise. And there's a bunch of overweight people who are sitting by computers too long, mm-hmm. have a declining health scale mm-hmm. while they may have a rising wealth scale. And if we can comprehend, like, where's my balance in this? Right. I want to work hard enough to provide for my family, and have some experiences, but I don't want to sacrifice my health and waste my time.
0: Yeah. At the end of net net zero, where you're able to spend what's coming in, whether it's uh, physical or financial.
1: Yeah. It's it's it's, it's about being honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ron. Um. I really appreciate it. And again, I feel like we could continue <laughs> um, if you missed the beginning feel free to join us wherever you get your podcast under Ask a Physical Therapist
1: Standing down on Main Street across the Mr. Blues My faded leather jacket My weathered and shoes chill north wind was blowing but the spring was coming on As I wanted to myself just how long I had been gone so I strode across old Main Street, walked down a flight of stairs stepped into the hall, saw all my friends were there a the
0: neon sign was playing